never start fundraising until you're focused on transforming people's lives, teaching them about Jesus Christ, who he is, who the church is, what he's doing for us, and build the community. And that's the vision. And figure out, you know, what does that vision look like with our organization? You're listening to the Ascension Roundtable podcast, episode 20, The Do's and Don'ts of Catholic Fundraising. Today we interview Brees Sokolowski from catholicfundraiser.net. He's going to tell you why you should fundraise, hint, it's not just about the money, and how you can avoid some Catholic fundraising pitfalls he's seen fail again and again. Stay tuned. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. I'm in the studio in Philadelphia, and we're on the phone with Brees Sokolowski, who lives in France. Welcome, Brees. Bonjour. Comment allez-vous? <laughs> How are you? Thanks for having me. No problem. It's uh, definitely our pleasure to uh, have you on the show today. We did an episode recently on how to do ministry on a shoestring budget, and we talked a little bit about fundraising um, for our listeners, but um, Brees is the master. He's the uh, kahuna. He is the, uh, how do you say uh, big shot in French? Um, le big cheese. <laughs> I have no idea, but uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm the guy. I'm the guy that you call, instead of calling the repo guy, you just call, uh, you call, you call Brees. Um, and then he, if you have any troubles with your fundraising, you just give me a call and uh, we'll sort you out. <laughs> he knows a guy who knows a guy who knows some people. Yeah. No, most people think of uh, Catholic fundraising, they think bake sale. But uh, we're not going to talk about bake sales today, I have a feeling. We're going to talk about maybe something a little, little bigger, a little different, I imagine. Uh, absolutely. We're going to talk about, um, you know, what, what is fundraising, what is not fundraising. But more importantly, what is, what is the Catholic approach to fundraising? Because that's um, how I got into my ministry is because um, I saw a lot of, even when I started, I, I kind of questioned, hey, th- you know, this stuff doesn't really look like, you know, the Catholic approach of doing it, you know, you know, getting sponsorships from big corporations and that becomes the biggest part of an event, um, you know, bake sales, um, constantly asking, you know, during um, homilies. So, you know, we might have a beautiful gospel reading, but we don't talk at all about it because we have to talk about the appeal. So all these different things that uh, throughout my I guess my, my Catholic life started making me think, isn't there a better way of doing it? And isn't there a Catholic way of doing this? So that's how I got nice. started. And uh, that's what I'm bringing to, uh, to as many people as possible. Excellent. Well, I'd love to hear a little bit about you before we talk about um, uh, your expertise in fundraising. Now, I understand you have one parent who is French, and then you, which is your mom or your dad? Uh, yeah, my mother. Um, and then where was your dad from? Uh, my dad was um, born in Brooklyn, New York. Wow. I have a bit of the accent, maybe. And, uh, and then just grew up in uh, upstate New York. So where were you born, in the States or in France? Uh, just outside of Paris in uh, one of the suburbs in the, in the western, uh, southwestern part. Okay. And then you moved to the States. I know you're, eventually you were in the Dallas-Fort Worth area where you were working in the corporate world. Yeah, I, I spent most of my life in, uh, in Dallas-Fort Worth. Um, my parents moved when I was quite young with um, my two other brothers, and I pretty much grew up there. So I would say I'm much more American than French. However, every time I'm, I'm in, in the United States and I mention that I'm French, they're like, oh, yeah, I definitely hear the accent. And then when I go to France and I, I mention I'm Amer- American, they're like, oh, yeah, I definitely 
hear the accent when <laughs> I pretty much have no accent in either of the either of the languages. And so now you live in uh, southern France, is that right? Yeah, I, I live in a very very uh, nice part of the world. Um, it's the classic. Um, you know, I live in Provence, so you can think of the lavender fields, the the wine fields, kind of the rolling hills with a few. Um, we, I actually live next to a mountain that's quite big. You can ski in it wow. in, in the winter. So, but even more than that, I'm surrounded by this monastic system. So the, the great thing about living in Europe is that you have literally 1,500 years, I would say, of um, of Catholic history. My next door neighbor is a 15th century Catholic church. Uh, I mean, a lot of people are saying, oh, you know, Europe is going down the drain. What's happening to France? And, you know, it's, you know, we're, we're, we're equipped for this thanks to the, you know, thanks to the saints, thanks to the history that we have, is that they, you know, ensure the church is not just infrastructure, but, you know, we do have a lot of, a lot of, a lot of priests, a lot of monks, a lot of nuns. There are vocations. It's picking back up. So we can't lose hope. And I'm, I, and I see it. So I'm, I'm very hopeful and I'm very happy to be where I am. That is great. You know, it's, it's funny, like, it, it, it's so obvious that the church, the Catholic Church, is the bride of Christ because Satan's so vehemently just attacking it. You know, if if she weren't, he wouldn't need to bother. So, oh yeah, it, it, it's definitely it's full on throttle with the Catholic Church, and um, but you know we've overcome all this stuff mm-hmm. before. You know, we've got two thousand years of history. Um, you know, we've got Jesus on our side. We've got the you've got the saints. We've got Mother Mary. We've got the angels. You know, we're equipped for battle. We're definitely the church militant. Yeah, and uh, we we can't forget that. Yeah. We know that we win in the end. Exactly. <laughs> we win in the end. That's a great line. Um, one more question about France before we um, we'll take a break and come back and get into the fundraising uh, portion. But um, I want to ask you about ministry for the church in France. A lot of positions here in the States um, are not paid well, but there are positions people work for the church and it's a, it's a paid position. Is it the sa- same in France or is it uh, mostly volunteer? Or how does that How does that work? I, I, it, it's the same. It's a lot of volunteering, and when it is paid, it's not paid very well. And I talk to a lot of um, lay lay Catholics who are in a difficult situation because they they you know they're usually married. You know they believe in church teaching, so they have a, you know a big family, and they have to support all this stuff. And uh, they just they have difficulty getting by. I mean, they're not looking for massive salaries, but they're looking for they just want to support um, their family, put food on the table. And and just not worry so much. So and it is a different mind shift because, you know, the church for a long time, it was predominantly, you know, run and managed by, you know, cardinals, bishops, priests, religious, etc. But now I think since Vatican II, you know, it, it you know, one of one of the main um, documents, I forget the name, I'm horrible with my Latin and I have a horrible memory, but it, it did call to the lady to get more active. So we are, I believe, in a time where the, the, the just everyday Catholics need to get more involved and they do want to get more involved. So, so yeah, it, it's, it's the same. You know, usually they're not very good salaries. Every now and then again, there is a good salary. And what it is, when that does happen, um, usually the, um, the Catholic ministry is doing really, really well because they've got somebody full time. And I know we're going to talk about this. Uh, probably later on, but when you're fundraising, you can go full time and you can go what I say, you can go pro. So it's not just something that you do part time. Fundraising is not something that you can do once, you know, once a year or, you know, only during Lent or Advent. It's a continual thing. It doesn't have to be, 
24-7, push, push, push. But there are little things that you do, and that's what I talk about on my website, catholicfundraiser.net, and in my book, Alms, about what are the little things that you can do every day in the background during your ministry that's going to make a tremendous impact. Great. I can't wait to get into it. So why don't we uh, take a quick break, and we'll be right back with a little more briefs. Hey guys, this is Shayna from Ascension. I don't know if you've heard, but with Ascension's new digital delivery platform, you can start a study with anyone, anywhere. Here's how to do it. First, go to ascensionpress.com and create a free online account. Once you're there, preview any of our study programs for free and choose the one you'd like to lead. Then, find at least three friends, family members, or coworkers who want to do the study with you. Once you have your group, Make sure everyone registers to receive their study materials. Then you're ready to go. Meet with your group in person, online, or both. It's that simple. And we're back speaking with Brice Sokolowski in southern France. Don't be jealous. Um, I'm going to ask you just a really simple, like, question that has a duh answer. But I'm going to ask it anyway because I think you're going to expand on it a little bit. Why should someone fundraise? Well, it's a great question. Um, <laughs> but it, it, it's a great question because a lot of people just override it. They're like, well, because, you know, I need money in, in order to do this. And right. 99% of the things that you want to do usually doesn't require money. So it's important to understand why fundraise because it's not, you don't fundraise because you need money. Um, Jesus, you know, set the example to, to show his apostles, just go out and take nothing with you, and I'm going to prove to you that you can do what I'm telling you to do without any money. He, he was just showing that you don't need anything to do what I'm telling you, but at the same time, you're going to be taken care of. So fundraising happens when you're already moving forward. You 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 know your why. You know your mission. You're already transforming lives because it's important to do all that. Because if you're not, it's very difficult to raise money. So. When you are when you are doing that and you're you're moving forward and you start seeing the fruits and you see that God God is now telling you I want you to do more as opposed to I want you to do this when when you hear a call from God saying I want you to do something it doesn't mean you need a fundraise it means you just need to respond to God and that fundraising call happens when you see that you need more commitment you're like okay I'm doing it three hours a three hours a day or I'm doing it on my weekend. I knew would do it a little bit more. And you can already see what that's going to look like when you're more con, uh, committed. So that's one reason. The second reason, it improves your just your perspective and it motivates you because you're thinking bigger. Before you just had, okay, this is what God wants me to do. I'm doing it. And now you're getting more motivated because you're seeing all the different other possibilities, not the possibility of doing something, but of actually doing more of it. So that's very, very important. And then the third, I really think it deepens your faith because when you start getting donations from people and they're saying, I want to, I want to support you, I want to help you in your mission, it really deepens your faith because you're humbled by the generosity of people and you're recognizing that people respond to generosity. So I'm always talking with Catholics about if you do want to fundraise, you have to set the example. You've got to be generous first. You've got to be generous with your time. You've got to be generous with your resources. You've got to be more generous than you actually think because God is always going to give back. He, he's the most generous person um, ever. And he, he demonstrates it by himself, through Jesus Christ, by giving himself to us. Um, he couldn't give any more. He gave everything. And he set the example. So, I mean, I try and set the example with my website and everything that I'm doing is the majority of my stuff to help people fundraise is absolutely free. 
because I've seen it work when I fundraise for other people. I see it with my own ministry that if you go out and you're committed and you're doing what you're doing um, and then you start getting donations, you're humbled and your faith deepens and you can just really take off. Hmm. In our last podcast on doing a budget on a, on a shoestring budget, I mean, doing a ministry on a shoestring budget, I talked about, somebody talked about, talked about um, this idea of, of having a vision. And as the role, your role in the church, whether you're the director of religious education or faith formation or the pastor, youth minister or whatever, like that your role would be keeper of the vision. And it's your job to continue to cast that vision to the people in your parish and that people catch on to the vision they want to give as, as opposed to somebody just saying, I want to give you money. They're helping towards a vision. They're contributing to your vision. And so that's a, a very different mindset, I think, for some people. And I was looking through your book and I noticed that you speak about that in the book. And I was like, yes, I got I got one right. But um, I'd love for you to talk a little bit about that of just this idea of the importance of vision when it comes to fundraising. Well, I'm, I'm going to put it in a context with a conversation that I had uh, actually yesterday um, with, a, with a Catholic organization. So they, they want to host a um, kind of a um, like a walk or a um, not a marathon, but a, like a walk slash pilgrimage. And they wanted to tie it with the rosary and they were going to call it a fundraising event. And I'm like, no, I'm like, here, here I am. I'm the fundraiser telling him, do not do this. It is not a fundraising event. It is a rosary event. So focus on the rosary, focus on community, because that's, that was the vision that they actually started with. But then they were really looking into, you know, how do we get into all these different levels of fundraising? They, they were talking gold, bronze, platinum. And I'm like, throw that stuff out, please. You know, the, the, the vision is, you know, never start fundraising until you're focused on transforming people's lives, um, transforming them, teaching them about what Jesus Christ, who he is who the church is, what he's doing for us, and build the community. And that's the vision. And figure out, you know, what does that vision look like with our charity, our organization? And if you're having events, focus on that and making sure that everybody understands it. Because, you know, the, usually when you go to a Catholic event, you know that you, you know what the 400-pound gorilla is in the room. And that's the, either the fundraiser or the person that's going to be saying, you know, you have all these cards, you know, please fill them out. And it just it just drains all the emotion, all the energy, all the all the beauty of the event. And, uh, you know, most people kind of like sneak for the toilets at that time. It's like, <laughs> I'll come back later. Um, so, you know, really, there's a time and place for uh, for fundraising. And it's, for the most part, it's not during an event. It might be after the event when people are saying, I really like, and this, and honest, this is what happened to me. One of my events, I spent zero money. I spent not a single dollar. Well, at the time I was in London, so I, I didn't spend a single pound. Um, I invited the right people. I invited a, a large group of people like, you know, my current donors, my current major donors, my prospects, the people who volunteer and who help a lot. Um, just an eclectic, the, the people who, who are interested or, or shown interest in the past month about our organization. I got them all together you know, I had some really good wine and some, you know, pretty good food and got everybody together and inspired them with what it is that our organization does. I kid you not, I had several people say, just shoot me an email. I'd like to have a conversation with you after. So, you know, within the week after the event, um, I raised, I almost raised $100,000. And for this organization, that was transformational. And I didn't talk about any money. I just focused on this is who we are and this is what we do. And people like you and me, we do things like this. 
and that inspired people. So that's that's why it's really important to stay focused on the vision and and remember it. And you have to do it every 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 day. Hmm. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen again. I love it. All right. So you talk about in your book, you talk about dreamless. Um, can you give us a quick description of what they are and how they relate to this idea of your vision? Um, yeah, I can definitely talk about dream lists. Let me, I, I, I always write it down because I, I always forget. So I'm a big believer in looking to the, the catechism for, for reference on how to do things and how to speak to people because fundraising is all about speaking to people, asking people for money. And, you know, one person that we ask things for is God. And so petitions. So petitioning God for things is a very healthy part of a prayer life. However, it's not healthy if all you're doing is asking God for things. So if you're constantly asking, you're not going to be looking at all the different things that he's doing for you. Because if, 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 you're, if you're reflective and you, I like to keep a journal and you look at what's going on in your life, you'll, you'll see that God is responding but we're asking so much that we forget that he's responded to something mm. that you asked maybe two or three days ago. So I'm a big believer in kind of balancing your communications, kind of like how you balance your prayer to God, where you can you can petition, you can thank him, you can bless him, and then you can intercede. And so I'm a big believer in intercession, in fundraising, which means, um, or within your Catholic organization, which means doing things for other people, doing things with your donors, doing things for them, doing things for prospects, doing people who just follow you, doing things for volunteers. I think volunteers of charities are underappreciated, undervalued. We just ask them to come and do things and say thank you, and then we don't call them again until we need that. Um, you have, to, you have to, 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 to nurture the people that are around you, and that's what a dream list is all about, is looking not just at people who can donate to you, but looking um, at people who can first and foremost pray for you. So a dream list is about 100 people. And within that list of 100 people, I think you should have between 10 and 20 people where you say, I'm going to pray for you and I want you to pray for me. So get your nuns, get your monks, get your priests, get your religious, get your friends and say, please pray consistently for me. You, you cannot do, Jesus says, you cannot do anything without me. So we have to make sure that he is present, he's with us, and we're with him as well. So that's one way. Two specialists. Um, so you have to know people who, who can help you do what you're doing better. So it's not just about finding people with money, but looking um, people who can help you to fundraise, catholicfundraiser.net, for example. If you're a pro-life organization, find somebody who's been doing pro-life movement stuff for, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20 years that can help you. Um, you also need in your dream list connectors, people that can introduce you to other people. So it's not just about, oh, how much money do you have? It's, you know, can you help me? I've been trying to reach out to this person or that person. Can you help me? And it's not just about connections, about do you know rich Catholics? But it's like, figure out what your mission is about and what's going to make it move forward. Um, you're going to need the right people. So find connectors, find volunteers, find people that are going to just going to do fantastic work for you, that are going to be committed to you. So have a list of 10 to 20 volunteers and nurture a relationship with them. Um, obviously, you have to have donors. So find out what I like to say is who is your ideal donor? Um, you're, you know, if you're in some type of youth ministry, pro-life movement, uh, retreat center, um, you know, you, 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 you run a Catholic radio show, there's a specific type of Catholic that's going to help donate to that. Um, and then last is, is the faithful supporter. So just recognize who is 
you know, who, who's passionate about what you're passionate about, not just, hey, you're Catholic, I'm Catholic, can you donate to this? It doesn't operate like that because the, the great thing about being in the Catholic Church is what we're over, I always forget the number, we're 1 billion, 2 billion, 3 billion? I forget how many we are. We're massive. And, you know, Italian Catholics are completely different than French Catholics and American Catholics. And that's the, that's the great part. And so we need to recognize that it's not just about, hey, you're Catholic, I'm Catholic, help me out. It's you're a different kind of Catholic, again, not on doctrine, but on just the way you live and express, you know, what's, what's written on your heart. So we have to find out who these different people are. We have to be aware. So I know I talked a whole lot again. The, um, if you just Google dream list Catholic fundraiser, you're going to, I have a, I have a blog post that's completely dedicated to this and it's a chapter in my book. It sounds like, uh, it's all comes down to stewardship. You know, there's a, there's a mission that God wants to achieve or a mission he wants to yeah, achieve. And he's got different people in different places. And some people are to cast a vision of what that mission is. And some people are going to do the, the grunt work and some people are going to provide financially and some people are going to provide other ways. And so it's all comes down to what is God calling you to and how, how are you going to contribute to that mission? So to speak, what is it? Just stewardship. I, I was almost tempted to, uh, to, to, to put my website as opposed to Catholic fundraiser.net to the Catholic steward or Catholic tour stewardship, but I don't think it would have attracted the attention yeah. that Catholic fundraiser because everyone again has this mentality of fundraising and fundraising for me in the Catholic sense, it is another word. Um, even though it's not the same word as stewardship and, but even stewardship, I think we need to figure out the Catholic approach to stewardship. Um, I mean, there's a lot of work to be done, I think in the Catholic church. Great stuff. Um, and, and hopefully changing the paradigm people have for what fundraising is in their, in their mindset. So uh, most important. So why don't we take a quick break and we'll get back. When we come back, we'll talk about um, the practical side to um, fundraising and, and, and how to avoid some of the common pitfalls. How's that sound? Amen. Sounds great. <laughs> All right. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Father Mike Schmitz, and if you're looking for a way to learn more about your Catholic faith, I invite you to check out the Ascension Presents YouTube channel. You're going to find tons of free videos featuring Catholic presenters like Matt Frad, Leah Darrow, Jackie Bobby Angel, and Emily Wilson. Go to youtube.com slash Ascension Presents. That's youtube.com slash Ascension Presents. And if you like what you see, please share and subscribe. And we're back talking with Brees Sokolowski today who has written a book recently called alms uh what's the tagline for that again i don't have it in front of me alms your definitive guide to the ins and outs of catholic fundraising and um i should actually give a shout out to matt pinto um who um he, he yeah ascension press because uh he he, he gave me the sub he gave me the head uh, the sub headline and uh, I, I i put him in the in the acknowledgments as well to say thank you nice Check that out. I'll tell him that uh, we spoke today. He's yeah. Please do. Yeah. yeah. I had a long. I had a long title, and he was like, "Breeze, come on, just <laughs> try this." And I'm like, "You know what? Sometimes it's it, it, it's that outside perspective." And uh, he, he he when he was also in uh, in London, I had and that was about I think two years ago. Yeah. The um you know I mentioned this idea. I have a book. I have a book, but I don't know what to do. And I'm like, do you have any suggestions? He said, just write it. <laughs> and so he pushed me to just start it, and then he pushed me to like, this is your title as well. So I'm I'm very blessed to to have met him and to have him kind of like help me get started and get over the last hump. That sounds like Matt. Good guy. Yeah, good guy. So practical side to fundraising. Um, what are some of the common pitfalls? you would say people fall into when it comes to fundraising and how can uh, our listeners avoid them? 
how many how, how much time do we have because i mean there's so many but i would say to, to, to focus on probably two is one really looking to the secular style of fundraising too much so always think about what's what would a catholic do what would jesus do in a fundraiser be catholic when you fundraise and then and the other thing that i was going to say so don't look to the secular and also look at the new ways of r- raising money too often we're you know, it, it's constant parish appeal after parish appeal. And, you know, the, the numbers of Catholics in the pews, unfortunately, you know, has dwindled. And um, so it's the same faithful Catholics that are getting, you know, one appeal, two appeals. I've even seen four appeals at uh, at one mass. And just, just, just stop. <laughs> stop with the appeals because it's disrupting the homilies. And, you know, if anything, if, you know, Already when people are coming in and let's say, you know, somebody comes in, you know, once a month, once every two months and, you know, behold, instead of having a great homily about a fantastic gospel, they're like, wow, that really struck me, the gospel. Instead of hearing, you know, a, a, an appeal, you know, by the fun, uh, by the finance director, finance officer of the parish, which is going to be so dry and so boring, everyone's going to forget what the, uh, what the gospel was, and it's just gonna, it's just gonna break the whole mass. So just just stop it. Just let's focus <laughs> on the mass, and let's. There are other ways to fundraise. Um, there's a lot of ways of you know leveraging technology, leveraging websites, leveraging social media. That does not mean you run a social media campaign. That's a whole different topic. But um, you know, figuring out how do you meet people um, in the right place at the right time. Um, as opposed to just doing appeals. So I'm a big believer. Sure, it worked for 40 years, but I think, you know, with, you know, I believe that we're in, in a new time in the church. Uh, there's a new vibrance. I see a lot of young Catholics as well that are just passionate about the faith. And uh, they're going to Mass because they love the Mass and they love Jesus and they love the, they love Holy Mother Church. So let's not, you know, and, and they're inspired by that. And so let's not break that. So... Don't do secular approach fundraising and don't do old school Catholic fundraising. I could go on again for a long, long time. If somebody wants to talk to me a bit more about it, they can find me on catholicfundraiser.net, but I'm going to pause. <laughs> I love, I, I love, I love, I love what I do as a, my job because I see, I see the fruits of my style of fundraising. I say be Catholic, stay Catholic, and you know, you, you, you're, you're going to reap the benefits. And if you don't have a copy of the catechism, grab a copy of the catechism because everything that is your that is your manual for survival with everything in life and definitely in fundraising. So, what would you say to um, like there and, and as well my book? I'm just sorry, <laughs> my book, the catechism, and my book. Sorry, <laughs> two essentials, three in the Bible, the three essentials you need on your shelf: the Bible, the catechism, and alms. And All right. So, um, last question for you, and our and our listeners can can find this. There's there's 10 habits of a Catholic fundraiser you list in your book, Alms. Could you give us maybe the top three that you would say are most important for um, for our listeners? What would those be? I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to Google what I wrote because <laughs> I always forget. Um, I always forget. I'm off the top of my head because I can't find it that, that quickly. Uh, the number one thing to do is pray. You, you, you have to have a prayer life and you have to have what I think, either have a chaplain, either have a spiritual director who is involved, who doesn't just, and I'm not trying to, again, I, I, I sound super critical, but it's because when I see it, when I see it done correctly, I see the fruits. So you have a chaplain, a spiritual director that understands, yeah, I know how difficult fundraising is and can help you kind of recognize what God is doing 
for you with fundraising. So it isn't just showing up and say, I'll pray for you, but talks to you about, well, how's your prayer life? What are you doing? What are you doing with your donors with, with, with prayer as well? What are you doing with prospects and how are you viewing people? All this stuff, because it, it'll, it'll translate into your language with people, the things that you write about, the pictures, everything changes with prayer. So definitely, definitely do that. Um, I'm going to try and think of um, another, well, one, two, you definitely have to ask. So there you can't get around it the not asking. So I know I really haven't talked about it much on um, in the interview, but you do have to ask. But I think with all the things that I talk about in my book, you're going to be asking the right people at the right time. So if somebody's new to your postulate or you're speaking at um, at a parish and it's the first time you've spoken at that parish, uh, you know, don't take that opportunity to say we, you know, we'd like to we like money. You, I, I'm a big believer. I'm going to be at the back say, to say. I'm at the back of the church. I'd love to meet you. And if anybody has, you know, this, um, this type of work, you know, if they're passionate about it, come meet me and maybe we can, you can be a volunteer, you can get involved and start building those connections. So that's another thing that you do. So definitely ask and ask the right people. And, um, and then the third, I would say, give more. If you're a Catholic organization, a Catholic parish, a Catholic diocese, it's upon you as well to be giving so, you know, you know, St. Paul says he's quoting Jesus It's better to give to receive. St. Francis was a big believer in that. Um, I have many quotes from different saints about saying, give, give, give. I'm a big believer in giving. It's in giving that you receive. So give people what your plan is and how you're moving forward because you're going to be inspiring them to say, hey, I want to get involved. So those are three things. So just so I understand correctly, so you're saying um, when you ask for money, sort of don't ask. You're, 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 when you get up to give your pitch, if you will, and to ask for money, you're saying, again, cast that vision and then tell them you'll be available if you want to talk more about it in the back of the church or, or wherever, wherever. But don't actually say, and if you want to give, you can. Just let them, let that kind of happen if they, as a natural um, overflow of their generosity or willingness to, to help out. Is that what you're Kind of what you're saying? Yeah. If, if, if you haven't met somebody for the first time and you're speaking, um, you know, from the pulpit, you, you've got two minutes from your parish priest, you know, you, you're not going to, you know, you're not going to be able to tell your story, inspire people and give a, you know, a, a, a clear call to action that they're going to, to respond to in that amount of time. Um, you have to just like um, St. Paul says, you know, I planted Apollos watered and God grew. So you got to, it's in time. So it's not to say that you never ask, but there are certain times and certain places that you do ask, and I talk about it in my book. And when you do ask, you've got to have um, a de- definitive start to your campaign and a definitive end. Mm-hmm. Too many Catholic charities are just constantly asking, and that's not that's why they're not really getting any traction is because they're just at, there's no there's no because people aren't learning about the great work that they're doing, how they're transforming the world, how they're bringing Christ to the world, um, and all these different things take time. And then when you but when you do take time and you are planting those seeds and watering, when you do ask, they're like, of course I'm going to give because they're, they're doing all these incredible things. I've been to an event. I've met the people. They've invited me. They've sent me a prayer card. I went to a rosary event and they handed me a really nice rosary. Um, and like, I'm absolutely going to give. Mm. Absolutely. Nice. So I wish you could have met my two of the cohorts that are usually on the show, Tom McCabe and Colin McIver. Um, they would have loved to, to have some time have had some time with you. So maybe we can have you back on when those guys are here and, um, 
and and let them fire away at you too. They have uh, they're much smarter than I am and much wiser. So they have good things to to say and contribute. So they, I'm sure they'd love to to meet you and spend some time with you too. But it's been a pleasure um, to having the show today. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much for the invitation and uh, all the best as well to uh, to all the listeners out there who are are struggling with fundraising. You're you're definitely not alone. It is it is difficult for a reason because it's nobody wants to do it. <laughs> Um, all right, so one more time. His book is called Alms, Your Definitive Guide to the Ins and Outs of Catholic Fundraising. And his website is Catholic fun- catholicfundraising.net. Catholicfundraiser.net. Fundraiser. Catholicfundraiser. Catholicfundraiser.net. Yeah, and I have a YouTube channel as well. So every every week I, I – because some people learn more from visually, some people from reading – um, but th- th- there's something for everybody. So definitely, definitely check it out. And uh, there's an about section with my contact information. So even if you have a direct question, send me an email. I'm not one of those people that hides my contact details. I respond to every email that I get within, an, within I try within the 24 hours just because of uh, time zones. But definitely check out my website, get a copy of my book. Um, actually, actually, I've had, um, actually, if you're subscribed, every now and again, I give uh, free copies of my book as well. So if you subscribe, you might be uh, one of those lucky people who I give my book away because uh, I like to give people things because <laughs> it's not doing any good uh, being sitting on a, you know, on a shelf somewhere. <laughs> CatholicFundraiser.net. And for our listeners, um, obviously, if you want to get a hold of us, send us an email directly at ascensionroundtable at ascensionpress.com. And as always, we are certainly praying for you guys. Uh, we do it daily. Um, Please pray for us, and we'll see you guys next time. Peace.